It's Wednesday, July 26, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. We, we are so grateful today to be joined again by Carla Thrasher, Lifeline's China Program Director. And as we have said, Carla has been at Lifeline for almost 16 years this, this September. And she has been such a jewel and a great, uh, just great staff member, team member, and a personal friend of mine and encouragement. And I know for so many families, an encouragement and just such a jewel in their adoption process. And uh, obviously, Carla loves China and all things China, as she has directed that program so faithfully and has traveled to that country many times. Uh, the country is so ingrained in her that one of my favorite stories is when her youngest daughter, Lucy, was in elementary school, and uh, the teacher asked if, if anyone uh, was born in another country. Uh, Lucy actually raised her hand and said that she was from China. So obviously China is a part of the Thrasher household and a part of who they are and, and just as a part of who Carla is. And she loves, absolutely loves the country of China. And that's what's so neat. She doesn't just love the idea of families adopting from China, but she loves the people of China and prays for the people of China and also is is praying for the children of China who need to be adopted and who need intervention. And, you know, one of the things, and, and I guess I'm airing all of, of Carla's personal stuff, but one of the things that just is always impressed upon me is she truly is a lady of prayer. And every morning she has different uh, spots along her commute that remind her to pray for certain things and for certain people. And so if you have worked with Carla, I can guarantee you that she's still praying for you and praying for your families and praying for your children. And so Carla, today we just want to talk a little bit more about China adoption. And, you know, over the last several weeks, even uh, China has released some new regulations and they've tightened some things. They've actually loosened some things. And so I just wanted you to give kind of the, the listeners kind of a an overview of what some of those regulations mean, what they're saying, what the changes are, and just how that kind of affects adoption going forward in China. So it's been an exciting couple of weeks um, in the Lifeline China program, as in all the China agencies um, across the world. As Herbie said, on July 6th, China released um, new regulations and um, you know, there was a lot of initial excitement, um, and we'll talk more about those specifically in just a minute, but just wanted to go back and just um, let everyone know that historically, China does release new regulations about every maybe two to three years. Um, you see the CCCWA really looking at where the program as a whole is, um, and knowing that their main desire is to protect the program as a whole and um, to look out for the best interest of the children that they are placing in homes. Um, obviously, there is a need sometimes to look at the current regulations and where the program is and, and make, some, make some changes there. So a lot of just initial excitement, like I said, when the, when the um, regulations were released. We had anticipated that these were coming and um, had started to prepare families for um, changes that would come. Um, Lifeline, just one of our distinctives, like we were talking about in yesterday's podcast, is just caring for our families well um, in a way that we we 
love to care for our families is to be sure that we are communicating well and providing families with updates and just preparing them for things on the horizon that we may see as possibilities for their program. Um, So this was one of those times. Um, When the regulations came, um, not a lot of surprises. There were a couple, um, but but to just kind of dive into what those look like, probably the biggest changes or the changes that are affecting most families right now um, is the regulation that there can't be more than five minor children in the home um, for married couples, and there can't be more than two minor children in the home for singles adopting from China. So the adopted child can be the sixth child for married couples and then the third child for singles. Um, another, another regulation that is affecting a lot of families is the youngest child in the home at this time must have reached their third birthday. And that was one that took us a little bit by surprise. Um, it was one that we haven't seen a, an age restriction of youngest children um, in the China program for the last several years. Um, so this was something that took us a little bit by surprise. Um, the other regulations were that there now will um, need to be a year between a family's adoption date um, and the submission of another letter of intent or the submission of another dossier. And then another one is that um, China will no longer allow the adoption of two unrelated children at the same time. Um, I do want to really focus on the positive changes as well, because there definitely are some regulations that are going to ease requirements and allow families to apply that maybe we're not able to up to this point. And one of those being um, China relaxing on the regulation um, requiring families who have experienced divorce, um, the length of their, their marriage. Um, if they have one divorce in their in their history, they can adopt after two years in their current marriage. And if they have more than one divorce, the regulation remained five years in their current marriage. Another place that we really saw requirements ease were in health condition. China put... Um, China relaxed the requirement on several cancers. Um, if you are have a three-year cure date um, from the diagnosis of some specific types of cancer, you can adopt after three years, um, five years for other types, and we have those specific types um, listed, and you guys can contact me for that information. Um, another place we saw ease, which we're really excited about because of the families that we serve is families that are expats, so families actually living abroad for us, which means a lot of our our missionary families um, or pastors in other countries, they don't have to meet um, the stringent financial requirements that China um, has for most families. So that's been really nice because, um, you know, for obvious reasons, those are families that are sacrificing financially. Um, for, you know, to further the gospel in these countries. So that's been something we've been really excited about. So just in clarification, on the number of children at home, it's for a married couple. They can, the adopted child will be a minor, but can be the sixth minor, yes. but mm-hmm. can't be the seventh minor. Exactly. So yeah. if you have five children in your home that are all minors, you can still adopt. Mm-hmm. If you have six minors in your home, you can no longer adopt. Exactly, right? yes. 
so we certainly have seen uh, all kinds of ranges of reaction to mm-hmm. these uh, new regulations. But, you know, we still believe that China is one of the best options for intercountry adoption. There's need. Uh, there's kids that have been taken pretty good care of in these orphanages. These orphanages do the best job they possibly can. And there's certainly kids that, that need homes. And, and, and we still have families that can easily meet those qualifications. So, Carl, just talk a little bit about why China is still a good option for families who want to add a child to their home through intercountry adoption. Absolutely. And so much about this is about perspective. And if you understand international adoption, you know that every country comes with challenges. And historically, China is a very predictable, a very steadfast country, um, a country where there's not a lot of, of swings and not a lot of, um, you know, ups and downs. So families that have been involved with other countries, they have the perspective of lots of rule changes or openings and closings or significant increases in waiting times. With China, you're st- the process has not changed as far as the paperwork and the predictability. There are still many, many children waiting um, for homes. And, and the, the, the children, the, the structure of the ages of the children, gender of the children, medical needs, that didn't change. Um, this was simply a rule change. And we know that it has affected many families, uh, many Lifeline families. And we spent a couple days on the phone with those families praying and and grieving the change. It was, you know, it is challenging when you um, are anticipating something and then it changes suddenly. Um, But we really are still very excited about China as an an opportunity for adoption internationally. And love... Uh, obviously, our whole team loves the country of China. I love China. It's a country that four years ago, my entire family got to spend about eight weeks there and visit a lot of these orphanages and see these children. And these are beautiful children that need homes. But, you know, one of the reasons we've seen some of the tightening, right, mm-hmm. is because so many families were rushing headlong into mm-hmm. adoption, uh, spiritually, mentally, physically un- ill-prepared. And one of the things that China has seen is a lot of disruptions right. and dissolutions of adoptions, either families getting into country and deciding they didn't want to adopt the children or families bringing the children home with a completed adoption and dissolving those adoptions. And so, you know, one of the things China is looking at is where did most of those disruptions and dissolutions happening? And, and they've tightened up and, and loosened up accordingly to make sure that families are, are truly thinking through this process. And so, you know, I, I know, Carla, we want to make sure that uh, we're thinking through these things and discipling our families on the front end. And so just speak a little bit about how, as families are going through the process, that yes, they're, they're being asked questions and sometimes evasive questions about their family, but how ultimately we're looking to protect the child and looking to protect them. Exactly. So like Herbie said, over the past few years, um, we have seen an increase in dissolutions and disruptions um, specifically out of China. And that's a lot of that is, like we talked about yesterday, the terrain of international adoption changing. Children are getting older, um, more significant medical special needs. And as children get older, they're spending more time in institutions or more time without a primary caregiver, which lends itself to social issues, developmental issues, those kind of things that that families are dealing with um, when they're adopting children. 
what we really try to do with families from the very beginning is just really screening families thoroughly. And we're not, our goal in screening is to just identify any red flags right away to figure out what can we do to have this family go through the process as successfully as possible and to be as equipped as possible post-adoption so that when they do bring this child home, um, this family's ready to go. They are equipped. They have had great preparation. We've connected them with resources. We've connected them with families who have walked this path before them. Um, we've seen those things as really um, helping families and really um, at the same time, we're seeking to show the, the country, we're seeking to show China that we take this role seriously. Um, we know that they have a lot of responsibility on them for the role that they play in, in placing children and families. And we want to show China that we share that responsibility um, and we take it seriously and we want families to be successful. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that as Christ followers, that we are thinking through and praying through and seeking the Lord in all of this. And, you know, really to close out, Carla, there's probably families that, you know, especially those families that may be larger, mm -hmm. right? And families that may have adopted several times from China. And so there's those families that maybe we're praying through adopting again. And, and now all of a sudden they can't because of this new regulation because they have too many minor children in the home. Or maybe there's just families that have adopted from China before and it's on their heart and they don't feel led to adopt again. Mm -hmm. uh, how are ways that these families can continue to support and advocate for China adoption and serve these children when now maybe adoption isn't an option? Mm -hmm. So I love that you asked that question because probably the hardest phone calls I made last Thursday morning were the calls to families I have worked with for 10 plus years that I knew um, were in process of going back. And with these new rules dropping, they were not going to, they were no longer going to be eligible. These are families that parent large numbers of children excellently. Um, and we, you know, initially when we heard that this rule may be coming, one of the first things we did was um, to ask the CCCWA is there any way that we could look at, at, at sharing with you the screening we're doing or the education that we're doing or the things that we're doing to equip families where these rules may not be necessary? Um, but we understand and we respect that China and the CCCWA specifically, they're looking at protecting the program as a whole and they're looking out for the children's best interests. So um, when the regulations were dropped, they were things that we were in support of. Um, when I talked to the families that I talked to, you know, the, their response was a couple of them, what can we do now? We love China. You know, this is what we know. This is, you know, the country of origin for so many of our children. And I had so many, you know, just right away, I was like, partner with me, you know, be a mentor mom, you know, be one of those moms that walks alongside a mom that's adopting from China for the first time. Um, if you're able to provide financially for families that have the desire and have this call on their heart, but finances stand in the, in the way, that's one of the, the biggest reasons we hear for families not moving forward. Um, and really just encourage them to pray, you know, pray for the country, 
pray for agencies that are walking families through adoption um, and just kind of seeking to, to navigate the terrain of international adoption today. Um, that's a big need that we have. Um, so I've, I'm hoping that a family that has invested so long in China from the adoption standpoint will still see how valuable they are to us as a ministry, especially, um, and just the many ways that we can partner together. Yeah, and I think that advocacy piece is so big mm-hmm. to be able to advocate for these children that need yeah. homes and to encourage those families who have room in their homes and can meet these requirements to go forward and adopt. And, and then what a great picture of a family that might have the finances and now can't adopt, you know, helping scholarship that process. And so we just want you to know that we're actually uh, starting a scholarship program for those families through Lifeline where we can more specifically scholarship families who want to go through the process And even this summer have had alumni families who have given to that endeavor. And so 50 families through the end of July uh, will get $300 scholarships just for signing up in the month of July. And so we still have some of those scholarships available. So if you have been praying and thinking about adoption or adoption from China, now's the time to apply Uh, this month as we are still uh, continuing to give these $300 scholarships. And so there's only a few days left in July. So Call us today and talk to us a little bit about how we can uh, get you one of those scholarships in an application process. So thank you for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. To learn more about adoption, seek uh, international adoption on the LifelineChild.org site. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. And for more information about how you can get engaged with Lifeline, you can always email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.